And we're back with Cinema Cemetery. I'm Dan. And I'm Kate. And welcome to another exciting episode. Once again, we have fallen woefully short on both our schedule and our expectations for ourselves, <laughs> but not quite as bad as the past. It's been about a month since our last entry. Last time we convened, we talked a little bit about the late 2000s movie, 2008's Slumdog Millionaire. And this week, we are wrapping up the 2000s by getting to the 2009 Best Picture. Kate, how have you been? Since the last time that we have talked? Sure. Oh, okay, we're doing filler. I've been fine. I'm just tired today. I did a spin class, so now I'm exhausted. It's interesting, spin class. Oh, Oh, go ahead. Why do they call it spin class? I mean, it's a a bike, and and you you spin your... your feet around the pedals this feels like a ridiculous conversation no i just I, I i say this because and maybe i'm the only one that feels this way but i for years had no idea what spin class was and i knew that gyms offered them and i thought at first they were some sort of like ribbon dancing uh like you spun around a lot like twirling this like sounds twirling. like a joke it sounds like a bit but it's it's not true um and then i found out you know oh it's 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 a bike it's biking it's stationary biking yeah. Yeah. But is biking called spinning in any other context? Do you no, say that a, when you're running, you are reach, jump, jump stepping, right? No, this is a specific type of bike. It's like different than a normal stationary bike. Oh my God, wait. You should come spinning. Yes. Why? Tell me, how is the bike any different, though? You like working out, and this is the only exercise I'm arguably very good at. Like, I'm I not, can do I'm not one. anti-spinning. I'm just con- I'm confused on when this name got approved, because I remember being a child, and there was stationary bikes, and I knew what that was, and I knew what biking was. And then one time, I'm, you know, 20, 21, and I hear about spinning, and apparently they made up this whole, when did this come around? Um, I don't know. Soul Cycle. I'm not sure. The 80s. Hmm. I don't know, but I love it. It's so you, my favorite. It's my favorite uh, activity. So Kate like went I booked spinning. my class last night and got so you just you be on the bike and your shoes clip to the bike. And then you like, I don't know what spin classes everyone goes to, but the ones I go to also have weights. So like you do some like sprints where like you're pedaling really fast and you're jumping up and down and you do push-ups on the bike and different dance moves on the bike and then you sit down and you do arm lifts with the weights and then you go back to you know like going really fast and you do rhythmically so like the whole room is like dancing it's very fun oh and then they like candles and they say affirmations and like inspirational things that you sometimes it's lovely Hmm. Kate, you um, completely lost me there at the end, so I'm never going to do that. But I'm glad that you, you should, though. Oh, nope. I'm glad. I'm glad that you enjoyed this. But yeah. So Kate's been busy spinning. I just got back from Cleveland, which uh, is not as bad as we pretend as a city. It's actually. I, this is blasphemous. Cleveland. Yeah, I, I know. I know. We want to dislike Cleveland. We of course dislike the Browns. 
Um, but the city's pretty slick. You know, they've got a pretty nice downtown area. Uh, some of the buildings might even be more impressive than than in Pittsburgh. Their their arena is not as nice. Their their PPG <laughs> arena in Pittsburgh is much nicer than the Rocket Fieldhouse. But um, it it is more updated, so it'll be interesting to see how that catches up. But we're, I'm not we're interested in this ridiculous commentary you're offering. That Cleveland is nice. I can't. Cleveland is acceptable. But Kate, speaking of things <laughs> that are uh, to some acceptable. acceptable and to some are spinning your wheels in place, let's talk a little hey. bit about the Hurt Locker because I think that's I, a okay. That's a good description. I, I guess this week I, we're talking about 2009's The Hurt Locker, one of the most forgettable movies I have ever seen in my life, um, and 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 a movie that. Wow left such an empty spot culturally that I am I am shocked. I, I think today we're going to talk a little bit about the movie, um, but I also want to spend a little bit of time talking about everything else that didn't win because this is the first year they opened it up to 10, and some of these similar, you know, don't really have a lot of staying power, but uh, some of them certain, certainly snubs here. So, Kate, tell oh, us a little okay. bit about the, the Hurt Locker. What are we looking at here? Sounds like so uh, sounds like one of the villains from Matilda. What is the Hurt Locker? So we're following a, a young baby Jeremy Renner and Anthony Mackie, right? Um, and they are stationed in the Middle East for the U.S. military, and they are bomb diffusers. So the whole movie is just watching them go from bomb to bomb, disarming bombs and interacting with the locals. And there isn't a plot. I mean, sure, maybe there's like it it almost feels episodic in that you're seeing little character interactions, but not necessarily like you're seeing them interact with locals, them defuse a bomb, them interacting with each other, them defuse a bomb. I think that's pretty and that and that's the end. Sometimes they interact with other people. Like Ray Fine shows up in the middle. Surprise finds. Um, and that's the Hurt Locker. Yeah, yeah. Normally, Kate gives some summaries that I, I have to expand on, but not much more to expand on here. This is <laughs> this is not a movie with really a plot. Um, this movie, I think, has a very solid opening sequence. Right? It's your mm-hmm. your classic bomb diffusion scene. And this is before Jeremy Renner shows up, right? I think that's important to start. You have an existing crew that's been going clearly for some missions and one of them is killed, right? And and it's to set you up like, wow, this is a dangerous thing. As though we don't know that being a, a, a bomb diffuser is dangerous. I think we know. Well, Kate, I'm really glad you said that because I think explosives are something I have a very low frame of reference on. Right, if you, I've never been been shot, but I think okay. I can imagine it. Right, I think I can can kind of okay, a bullets flying towards me and it hits me. I can, I can come up with an assumption of what that might be like. But I always find that I downplay the danger of bombs when I see them in movies. In my mind, as long as they're about ten feet away, you should be good, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> like you see the guy there and he has the vest open. He's got like some C4 on him. And then, and then everybody turns and starts running. And after about 10 seconds, I'm like, well, surely they're good now, right? They're, they're at least 20 feet away. Like, it's away. not like there's going to be shrapnel. You know, these aren't like shrapnel field bombs and there's going to be like projectiles flying out. But in the opening sequence, you see this exact thing happen, right? The guy's trying to defuse the bomb. It's clear he's not going to do it. He has this bomb putting suit on and, and he turns and runs and he gets pretty far and the bomb explodes yeah. and he falls on his face. And I'm thinking, oh man, he fell on his face. He's fine. He's dead. No, he did. So I don't know. I, I don't think we really have any listeners. But if we did, I wonder if anybody could <laughs> could give us sort of the the context of, of what explosives are like or how far away do you have to be. Like it's one thing like if the, you blow up a house, right? Okay, the house the house falls on you. That makes sense to me, right? You explode a building and you get, you get hit with concrete. But these just random explosives, what's it like? How far do you have to go? Is it just a wave of energy that hits you is that what knocks you out is it the heat is it is it what are you just being andre right now <laughs> something cold tell me about the cold <laughs> hey i i like the explosives it's fun when the explosive but no seriously do you know what i'm saying am i the only one confused by this i mean i'm not confused i was surprised because it did it it, it did seem like he was far enough away from what we what i know and no, he was not far enough away. He got hit. But I don't know if there was shrapnel or what other debris was around. But yeah, I agree. I don't have a lot of frame of reference for something like that. Yeah. Another thing that was interesting about this movie, and I saw this movie the year it came out. This was now in the era where I started to watch every single Best Picture nominee uh, prior to the Oscars. And with there's only one exception that I did not see them all prior to the award show, and that was, I think, 2017. I, I eventually saw them all. Um, but I, I made sure that I saw this. And this is 2009, right? This is, mm-hmm. this is well, it's more like 2010 is when the, when the award show actually is. But the Iraq war has come and gone at this point, right? Yeah. Uh, the well, Afghan is- I mean, aren't we still in Iraq to some capacity? I believe I, I want to say it was it was like 2009 2010 when they did the official like withdrawal of all major combat troops or something right so this okay. is in the early two and I, I think by then even the most original ardent supporters of the war were were done with it everybody was kind of it, it, it sort of faded out nobody was still there defending it it was you know the only political issue for a while and it was just so strange that it was made in 2009 at a time when I think everybody was kind of eh, about it. This wasn't like this great touchstone. Yes, this is representing us. This is. This, it, it felt about five years too late for me, even back then. Yeah, although it did feel as we were watching it representative of what was going on. While there was no plot, it felt like we were watching a documentary of the Iraq War. That's what it felt like. Yeah. Which is surprising why I felt so disconnected from it. Is there anything that we liked about this movie? I love Jeremy Renner. <laughs> um, it was fun to see Hawkeye and, um, oh gosh, who's Anthony Mackie in Marvel? Falcon. Falcon. I kept being like, it's Hawkeye and Falcon. They're, they're pre together. <laughs> um, I like that. I like surprise Ray Fiennes. And... 
I love the term hurt locker and use it regularly in my life. Um, you do? Like, yeah, we got a hurt locker, this thing. Like, when you got, like, too many emotions and there's too many things happening, we got to put it all, <laughs> got to put it all together. Have you been Before doing this the whole time or just in the past month? I would say in the last probably, like, four years. Ever since Liz Lemon said it, I've been doing it. So oh, it's been okay. a minute. That's what I'm yeah. aware of. Yeah, um, I like the opening sequence. I like the ending sequence. They're meant to sort of mirror each other. Um, there's an interesting scene after he comes home, I like. I like the idea of this movie. If you were to tell me the idea of the movie, I'd be like, that sounds like a very stressful movie and an important movie. Something we should be documenting this era of history. Yes. And I think, Dan, you and I have watched enough movies together to know that like I get easily stressed and startled. It is hard for me to separate reality from um, pretend when watching TV. However... For whatever reason, I could not emotionally connect to this movie. Yeah, Kate thought it was... Normally, she doesn't know it's pretend. But yeah, Kate was not too freaked out on this one. In fact, I said, this is a boring... <laughs> like, I was not enjoying this one. Yeah, I, I saw this when it came out, and, and I don't remember anything. And I watched it, what, three weeks ago? And yeah. I don't remember any of it. I remember. I don't remember, any I remember of the it opening either. and closing. Well, I remember there's a little scenes. boy that's killed and he's mad about it. I remember there's a scene well, at the, the end. Well, the boy that was emotional, right? That was probably the only thing that connected for me was that Jeremy Renner made friends with the local boy who was like trying to oversell him movies, and eventually that boy had a bomb strapped to him, and Jeremy Renner got really connected to that. Um, but that was that was it. That was the only thing that really stuck out for me in terms of hmm. anything. It all just seemed like the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, I think this would have been a good, you know, if they had like one of those anthology shows like uh, Atlanta or something and, and every episode's different and has a different group and they tell a story that's related to, you know, if they had a show like about the early 2000s and this was a 50-minute episode. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I would, I'd, mm -hmm. I'd, I'd get that. Um, yes, but and again, even if this was just an experimental movie that somebody made and they wanted to make it, it, it fine. But the fact that it is best picture is ridiculous. And Kate, mm -hmm. I think we all know the reason why this movie won. Why? Why did we? What's the reason? This Jim? is politics, right? So this movie was directed by Catherine Bigelow. Ah, uh, yes, ex-wife of ex -wife James of Cameron. James Cameron and James Cameron. This very year, two thousand nine, nominated for best director and best picture himself, with uh, one of his Avatar movies called Avatar, right? And so, what a story! Wait, James Cameron did Terminator Two. Yeah, yeah. It was so good. Kate just saw Terminator I just Two. That. <laughs> I just saw. <laughs> Kate did not know the twist in Terminator 2, which I think would have made did. the movie way better for me. I had it spoiled for me. It did. It was so good. Terminator 2 <laughs> was really good. He did Aliens. He did the second Alien movie. He also did Terminator 1. Uh, yeah. Titanic. Yeah, but James Cameron's nominated for, for Avatar. Like movie. And uh, arguably should have won this year. And we'll talk about that in a second. But I think the politics was, hey, let's... Let's be mean to James Cameron and give his ex-wife best picture and best director. And I, 
I Why thought did that. Why need to be mean to James Cameron? Did he do bad things in the divorce? Did he do affairs? Was he doing affairs? I don't really know what he did. I just know people thought he was a little arrogant, which I guess if you direct Titanic and Avatar, you can be. I think that's okay. But I don't know. Some people just thought he was a little full of himself. They didn't want they didn't want him to be too happy too soon or something like that. But that's the only explanation I can find because there's really nothing best picturey about this movie. There's no nobody talks about this movie i can't name any of the characters i don't remember any of the lines um it had no cultural impact and didn't make a lot of money nobody saw it so i I don't get it this is this is one of several i'm gonna have the same commentary when we get to shape of water and green book and moonlight uh, etc at the end of 2010s but this is the start let's go back a bunch what else was nominated during this time ah so yeah I'm glad you brought that up. Let's talk about it. So this is right after, <laughs> so in 2008, 2008, we had five, right? Five nominees, just like we always had. But one of them was not The Dark Knight. And everyone was mad about this. So The Dark Knight's wow. not nominated in 2008. What can we do? Dark Knight well, was so good. The Academy decides they're going to change it up. They're going to change it to 10. Because actually, if you go all the way back to the 30s, there had been 10. There had been 10 all the way through 1943. So they decided to change it up a little bit. So we have a lot this year. We have, and I'm going to go kind of from least important to most important. You have a couple that, that let's be Dan. honest, probably don't belong on this list. They're just filling the list, right? So we have a movie called An Education, which I have seen, but I don't remember. It stars uh, Peter Skarsgård and Carrie Mulligan. Uh, we have right. A Serious Man by the Coen Brothers. It was, again, a Coen Brothers-y movie and who does it star? It stars Michael Stuhlbarg, the guy from uh, pretty much everything anymore. Um, we've got District 9, which was a Peter Jackson movie. And actually, I thought District 9 was a really interesting concept. I don't know that we put it on a best picture list, but District 9 you have, it's basically apartheid, uh, but with aliens. You have these aliens that have like wrecked in South Africa, and they're kind of put into like these concentration camps and treated terribly, and they're trying to come up with a plan to go home. Um, but it's done really well that the extended metaphor works. Um, okay. you've, you've got uh, Up in the Air, which was a fun movie starring George Clooney and a young um, Anna Kendrick in one of her first I big breakouts. I recall that one. Yeah. So like that's a, is, is that truly a Best Picture nominee? Maybe not. No. But that's a fun movie to see. Uh, then you get probably some of the, you know, legit nominees. You've got, oh, The Blind Side. The Blind Side is not a great movie, but it does feel like a, Oscar nominee, right? One that would sure. kind of climb its way up there. Uh, you've, got, Bullock. you've got Up, right? Pixar's Up. Wait, Up got nominated? Nominated for Best Picture. I don't... Yeah, I think this is even in the era when they had Best Animated Picture, but Up gets nominated for Best Picture. I mean, Up really hits everyone in the feels, and they're making a sequel. Up 2? Yeah, the old man gonna be going on dates. Is this an April Fool's joke? Are they making Up 2? It's not called Up 2. It's called like something else. Let's see. Up 2. I don't know about this Up 2 theory, Kate. Okay. Well, maybe I just up saw two it teaser. on the internet. I do see. Mm, we'll come back to you on this. We're going to look this up. Um, I like how I knew before Dan. I don't <laughs> know if it's accurate. We've got Precious based on the novel Push by Sapphire. By Sapphire. <laughs> Which is the inspir- <laughs> which is the inspiration for Tracy Jordan's hard to hard watch. Hard to watch. <laughs> that movie was rough to see, but okay, that belongs in the best 
in the Best Picture nominee category, absolutely. Um, and then we've got, I think I've talked about all of them except for Inglorious Bastards. Glorious Bastards. Wait, that was on there? Yeah, nominated for Best Picture. The opening scene of Inglorious Bastards alone, let alone just the scope of the storyline and everything about the Christoph Waltz. Yeah, just yeah, all that—that that was all about it. That, in this. And then, and then, of course, Avatar. Avatar, by any metric, should have won Best Picture this year. It, it was, uh, it, it remains the top-grossing movie of all time. It was a, it defined, I think, the entertainment at the time. It revitalized. Was it good? At the time, yeah. Now, it didn't have a lot of cultural staying power. The story probably was not the most unique, but I think you can get away with that once. Now, Avatar 2 annoys me because it did the exact same thing. It, it had a bad story twice now. Um, but Avatar 1, yeah, really solid, especially in 2009. Now, over time, I don't think it's it's quite as timeless as you know some of the 80s and 90s blockbusters, but... It made 3D movies a thing again. It uh, the the visuals were just so much more impressive than what we had seen before. So the notion that it didn't win was ridiculous. And I don't even like like it that much. I just to see how big of a deal it was and then not have it win. It was like what what are we even giving this award for? Well, why didn't we give it to Inglorious Bastards? Yeah, Quentin Tarantino has been robbed a couple times. Um, Pulp Fiction. Almost certainly robbed this one. Which robbed. I haven't seen, once but upon I will. I'll a, see once upon it. a time in Hollywood, probably should have won that year. Uh, uh, that was boring. Yeah, but it was a weak year. Like I, based on what won, I, I was rooting for it. I think Parasite won that year, or was it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, we ended up with a hurt locker. Bastards. That was excellent. Mm-hmm. We could have had that. We could have had Avatar. We could have had Up. We could have had Precious, based on the novel Push by Sapphire. Which I would not have wanted to watch, but I would have. Yeah. District 9, even. I mean, District 9, I would put, is better. Uh, that was a legit yeah, contender. Yeah, you seem to really mind. dig into that. Now, Kate, next week, I don't want to give anything away, but next week is the greatest uh, slate of movies in a single year, I think. And we'll talk about that then. But Fine. I still remember 2010 vividly. But this year is pretty solid as well. For the first year with 10, they did a decent job. And then they picked the worst one, the hard luck. Well, can't win them all. Yeah. Well, I don't know, Kate. That's about all I've. <laughs> that's about all I've got on this one. There's not not a lot, not a lot mm. of content here. Where do we put this on our list? It's on just so list? forgettable. Oh golly! I feel like I I'm down. I'm, I'm down towards you know going my way, ordinary people territory here. Mm. I think Slumdog Millionaire yeah. is better than this movie. I agree. I agree. Can we put it under Slumdog Millionaire? Yeah, we're just going to put them both down there. The Hurt Lock. Yeah, let's do that. This one didn't make me as angry, but it made me feel nothing. It's like that meme yeah. with John Hamm. I don't think about you at all. That's how you feel about The Hurt Locker mm-hmm. and most other people. Right. Well, Arguably, like most other things. Yeah. So I think Hurt Locker is in good company. Well, coming up next, Kate, we have a movie that uh, it's it's not my favorite. But probably shouldn't have won, but it's, it's not a, bad though. It's a Best Picture nominee, and it's a Best wow. Picture winner. It's your stereotypical when you think if you Saturday Night Live were going to make a spoof of a Best Picture nominee and winner, they would make the King's Speech, and that's what yeah. we're talking about next time. 
when we hit the 2010s. I'm here for it. I love Colin Firth. Love Helena Bonham Carter. Love British things. I do like that Jeffrey Rush is back. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen him Welcome since back, Jeffrey Shakespeare Rush. in Love. Yeah. So that'll mm-hmm. be nice. Oh, good. So there's not, it's not all bad. Maybe we'll watch it in time for King Charles' speech. Now that we have a king again, we can talk about and compare the speeches. Oh, my gosh. I was watching local news the other day, and the two anchors were like, oh, yeah, maybe they could meet the queen. I always wanted to meet the queen. And they like were going on and on about meeting the queen, and then the one anchor goes, oh, no, I forgot. Oh, no, oh. I forgot. <laughs> and the other one goes, we both forgot. It's okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I saw a picture of the queen the other day, and I'm like, she's still alive and kicking. Oh, wait. Nope. 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 It was a very big deal when she went. Yeah. All right, Kate. Well, we'll get back to it. Good luck with your spinning out there. this time. Yeah. Oh, my. Okay. You should come to spin, and then we'll talk about it. How fun. Maybe. Maybe that would be a good start to an episode. I did. You did go skiing, so maybe I'll have to try this and not, not need an ambulance. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us on this week's Cinema Cemetery. I'm Dan. And I'm Kate. And we'll see you next time. From now on, I'll go my own way.